Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. What's up with snowstorms on Fridays all of a sudden? A new investment at Mac Kids Hospital. The Ace of Spades still elusive in Hagersville. We lose an hour of sleep this weekend. Sarah Gates leaves Mac hoops on a high note. And the Bulldogs get ready to say goodbye to Hamilton. The GMH podcast begins now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. More snow is we're under a snowfall warning in Hamilton. Now, sound the alarm. Batten down the hatchets, brace yourselves, compose yourselves. <laughs> what is going on with snowstorms on Fridays? Yeesh. Latest weather forecast is predicting another dumping of snow here in Hamilton and beyond. It's not just our city. Anthony Farnell is the chief meteorologist at Global News and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Anthony, we got to stop doing this. Yeah, it's it's great talking to you, Rick, but uh, I could do without a Friday, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> what Are these connected somehow? What's with all the big snowstorms on Fridays? No, it's just by chance, and uh, that happens occasionally. I know in the summer, every now and then, you either luck out and get sunny weekends, uh, or every <laughs> weekend seems to be pouring rain. So uh, it's just the way the pattern works, and uh, these things reload, and this coming from California, and some systems come from the Pacific Northwest or, or north of there. So uh, it's all different directions, but uh, the end result has been snow. And uh, once again, it looks like uh, the bullseye is going to be across southern Ontario. So break this storm system down for us. What can we expect today? Well, the, the first snowflakes are, are just starting right now, so it is going to be a slower accumulation. We're not going to see the same as last week where we had thunder and lightning and the very heavy, wet snow. So this will add up a little slower, and with that, I think roads are going to fare better than they did last week because we're now getting later into March. A lot of this snow is falling during the day, and you just have a higher sun angle, and uh, I think things are going to be better. But with that being said, winds are picking up from the northeast. They could gust as high as 60. And I think uh, the heaviest snow will be during the mid to late afternoon. And it gets a bit of a boost from uh, wide open Lake Ontario as we have some enhancement that comes up towards Milton, the Halton Hills, uh, Hamilton Mountain. Those are the places that should top 15 centimeters. So the worst of it will be during the afternoon commute, and you mentioned some lake enhancement. Does that mean, because the last couple of storms we saw some very wet, very heavy snow, are we expecting more of that kind of precipitation today? Uh, it will be, yeah. It won't be to the level of last Friday because of that lake enhancement, because the flakes just will be a different consistency. So that that is good news. It won't be the same back-breaking shoveling, but still, it is more snow falling on top of the snow that's already out there. And I mean, we're getting later into the month, so uh, people are tired of it, but you also should know how to drive in it. So I, I'm not expecting the same problems on the roads but we've got march break coming up we got a lot of people and i've been <laughs> fielding emails and people on social media asking should i go up north today should i head uh, to the parents place tomorrow so i think really it's up to you how comfortable you are but uh if, if you have a choice maybe wait till saturday let let this storm blow through our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Global News Chief Meteorologist Anthony Farnell, breaking down the latest winter storm that's expected to drop 10, maybe 15, perhaps up to 20 centimeters of snow on the mountain today. Um, apart from Hamilton, Niagara's getting a, a, a good chunk of this as well, right? 
Yeah, Niagara has, for the most part, missed out on these storms. It's been just a bit warmer, and that's meant more rain, so they don't have the same accumulation. But this time around, it is below freezing just about everywhere. So I, I do think Niagara is in that 10 to 15 centimeter range as well, possibly a little bit more, and it'll be heavier, wetter snow. But uh, yeah, this track favors them, and I think we're not done yet. I, I know... Uh, we'll talk about this, but uh, winter doesn't really want to let go. So uh, lesser snow amounts, though, Rick, as you go towards downtown Toronto and then up to the north. I'm right now in, at Blue Mountain. We're doing uh, our morning broadcast from here. And unfortunately, not nearly as much snow up in uh, ski country. We'll share some with you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I'm sure they'd appreciate. It. They've been they've been pumping the the snow machines to to get ready for March break, so they're they're in good shape. But uh, they're not going to see quite as much with with this system. I don't know how far down the line you can look in terms of modeling, but it, is this going to be the last major one we're going to see? Oh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bet the house on that. <laughs> on that. Uh, I see some lighter snow amounts early next week. Uh, and then possibly a, a bigger storm after that. So uh, there's a lot of cold air, something that was lacking throughout the winter. And now that we're late into March, or at least heading towards the second half, there's all this Arctic air available. And, and at that same time, the jet stream strengthens, uh, and we start to see uh, some warmer temperatures across the southern U.S. So uh, the recipe is still there for at least one or two more storms uh, but it it melts quicker <laughs> later in march so same time next week we'll talk to you <laughs> oh i i'm just looking at the models now and uh, i mean it, a lot would have to happen but uh, it's a possibility <laughs> wow well anthony thanks for bringing us some good and bad news appreciate the time today and uh, best of luck at blue mountain you've been doing a great job thanks a lot rick Anthony Farnell, Chief Meteorologist at Global News. You can check him out at Global News at 5.30 and 6. He has been spending uh, the week at uh, Blue Mountain Resort uh, doing some skiing, doing some reporting, and uh, obviously analyzing the latest big storm that's heading our way today. Uh, the worst of it in the afternoon. So you commuters out there, that afternoon commute is going to be a little trickier than the morning one. That is for sure. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Big news at McMaster Children's Hospital yesterday. It's one of three hospitals in the province that will be participating in a three-year pilot program to help children and youth with complex special needs. You're going to be more effective at preventing further complex problems with the child and the family. So the early intervention is key, getting the, 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 the important group, multidisciplinary group around that child and family early. That is Dr. Marilee Fullerton, Minister of Children, Community and Social Services here in Ontario. This is all part of a $97 million investment by the provincial government as we welcome you back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Bruce Squires is the president of McMaster Children's Hospital and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Bruce, good morning. How are you today? Uh, good morning, Greg. I'm doing great. I hope you're well as well. Uh, very much so. This is, as I mentioned, a pilot program for kids with complex needs. What type of needs are going to be addressed here? Well, what we're doing here, Rick, is we're helping uh, kids with complex and co-occurring needs that can be medical, they can be physical, behavioral, uh, developmental, and often uh, uh, social complexities as well. And with these kids now, um, 
Unfortunately, they uh, they are served for those various needs by different programs, often provided through funding from different ministries. And so, unfortunately, the result is that very often these kids will fall between the cracks of the requirements and the conditions of the individual programs. And so this proof of concept that that we're launching, and we're really excited to be launching, is going to ensure that they don't fall through the cracks. We'll be able to wrap a broad sphere of interdisciplinary healthcare services around them. And ideally we'll be able to do that early and comprehensively so that they and their families get the care and the service they need when they need it. How many children do you expect to qualify for care under this pilot? And when does this all start? Well, we've we've started with a initially with a very small pilot here at, at McMaster Children's, but now with the announcement and with the, the, the funding starting to to uh, to flow, we're going to be able to move to really the proof of concept program, and that will see us uh, look to in in the Hamilton, uh, Brantford, Haldeman, Niagara region serve around uh, a little bit more than three hundred kids in uh, in the in the first uh, three years. Certainly, Rick, we're uh, we're hoping and expecting that the proof of concept work that happens here and at our partners at Holland Bloorview and Chio is going to demonstrate uh, that this is appropriate for the entire province, and that will see it, uh, it it roll out to serve a much larger number of children, youth, and families. What kind of impact are these patients going to realize, and their families by extension? And how do you measure the success of this program? Yeah, I, I think the in, the impact is is going to be um, really at the level of first and foremost at the level of the individual child, youth, youth and family. And so sometimes that can be can be a bit difficult to measure. But really, you know, what we should see is for for the kids um, fewer lost days in school. Better ability to uh, to develop their uh, their their core functional abilities, um, their uh, their overall health, and hopefully reducing risk behaviors that sometimes are associated with harm to them, to their families, and uh, and to the uh, the environment around them. For families, you know, this is about uh, about ensuring that uh, they have the supports they need, so that uh, hopefully we see. Uh, less anxiety, uh, less time away from work, uh, better quality of life, and ultimately fewer breakdowns. And then, by the way, it, it really will have an impact on uh, on on the entire healthcare system. You know, these kids, uh, because services currently uh, fail them quite frequently, often end up in emergency departments uh, where they receive costly but not really appropriate care for them. Sometimes they're admitted, sometimes to our mental health units, because that's the only place where we can ensure their safety. And so really the costs uh, to the entire system uh, for inappropriate care will be reduced. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Bruce Squires, the president of McMaster Children's Hospital, one of three hospitals in the province that is participating in a three-year pilot program to help children with uh, complex special needs. What has to happen for this? Because we know it's a pilot program. What has to happen for it to become a permanent program, a permanent fixture? Well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, that's that's on us and certainly our partners um, at the, uh, the, the two other 
hospitals that are leading the launch, but probably most importantly, our community partners um, and, of course, the families and uh, and their children and youth. And so we're now going to begin uh, with this authorization connecting uh, locally with, um, with, with our community partners so that, uh, you know, as we wrap services around these children and youth, sometimes uh, sometimes in the hospital, we'll be working with partners to um, ensure that uh, these kids' families will have the supports they need to have really kind of a sustainable outcome going forward. So, you know, when you ask what has to happen, well, we have to do what I think we've often shown ourselves able to do within the health social system is is come together and work collaboratively to uh, to really put the, the best interests of these kids and their families first Bruce, we only have about a minute, but I, I think this is important to ask because it wasn't that long ago that Mac Kids Hospital was in crisis mode, well over capacity, physician burnout, all due to COVID and RSV and the flu. How are things going now? Well, thanks so much for for asking, Rick. You know, I, I, I it's it's uh, it's really interesting to answer that question because there's there there's no doubt that uh, that things are are better in many ways than they were at the height. Of, uh, of that surge in the fall. But at the same time, we continue to be um, over capacity um, on our inpatient units. Uh, we continue to have kids waiting far too long for the, the services they require, whether they're surgeries or procedures or visits with, with, with our professionals. And, uh, and so, you know, the team I think is, is, is still um, really, uh, really concerned about the impact of, a, of an undersized pediatric health system. At the same time, we're hopeful that with the federal government announcement and with upcoming budget that we'll see some uh, some further investment that will help to address that challenge. Yeah, let's hope the light at the end of the tunnel grows a little larger by the day. Bruce, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Rick. Have a great day. You too. Bruce Squires, President McMaster Children's Hospital. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. It's wildly uh, successful and uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's ludicrous. My mom actually told me about it and they're from Hamilton. And they said, oh, you have to because it's for your own community. It is the talk of the town in Hagersville, in Hamilton, in a bunch of other surrounding areas. It's the Catch the Ace fundraiser and lottery. And the jackpot is large and in charge. The latest draw was last night. And still, we do not have a jackpot winner in this thing. Tanya Ribbink is the co-owner of Rustic and Reclaimed and a member of the Hagersville Lions Club and joins us now here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Tanya, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. How how wild and wacky has this whole thing become? It's it's just gone bonkers and way way bigger than we ever imagined it would have. It's blown our minds. What was the largest jackpot before this one? Uh, well, we held a previous round of Catch the Ace, and it went 21 weeks before the Ace was caught, and the winner walked away with just over $10,000. And now we're seeing our consolation prize. I mean, it's over $130,000 last night. <laughs> That is incredible. How does this lottery work? Uh, well, it's a progressive jackpot that grows. It's essentially a modified 50-50. It's a 50-30-20. So 50% of all proceeds are going to our charities. 30% goes into the progressive pot for whoever finds that elusive ace of spades. And 20% goes to our weekly winners of whoever's ticket we pull that night. 
So the person who gets to select or at least try to select the Ace of Spades, their name is called. And if they don't get the jackpot prize, the, the, the mega prize, they get a consolation prize, as you mentioned. Is that how it works? Yep, yep. It's 20% of that day's sales. But because our sales have gone so out of control, <laughs> like I said last night, the winner took home one hundred and thirty-three. That's amazing. Give us a sense, because not everyone has made the trip to Hagersville, although that has changed over the last number of weeks because people have caught on to this. But give us a sense of what happens at the venue that you hold the draw. Yeah. So, I mean, as of yesterday was the first time we ever had a double lineup around the block. Um, That being said, you come to Hagersville, please bring a lot of patience. Um, parking can be a challenge. But once you get in that line, it does move pretty quickly. We've got a great team at the ticket table who, I mean, we move people through so quick. Um, so you come, you enter into the Legion, come through the Legion, buy your ticket. Then you're going to fill out your information, your name, your phone number, and your envelope pick. And then you'll make your way to the drum, which is actually a new drum that we had to have fabricated because our old drum wasn't big enough to hold the amount of tickets that we sell in a day. <laughs> wow. So yeah, then your, your ticket goes on the drum and then you wait for eight o'clock and we do, we do the draw live on Facebook. And what's the mood like? It must be one of excitement, anticipation. Oh, the vibe, the vibe is incredible. Like the the energy in the room is amazing. People are so friendly. Um, even waiting in line, like, people are, are talking and joking. There's people meeting people they haven't seen since high school. It's kind of like a, a weekly reunion for people that haven't connected in years. And it's just what it's done for the, our Town Legion is incredible as well. That's pretty amazing. Tanya Ribink is the co-owner of Rustic and Reclaimed, member of the Hagersville Lions Club, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, all happening at the Hagersville Legion. Uh, the The next draw is going to take place March 16th. There is, as you mentioned, it's kind of a 50-50. There's another aspect to this in that some community organizations, including the local hospital, is, is really benefiting from this. Absolutely. Hagersville Rocks Music Festival is partnering with the Hagersville Lions Club um, and Hagersville Rocks. We are donating 100% of our portion of the charity proceeds to the hospital foundation, West Haldeman General Hospital Foundation. And then the Lions Club is donating their portion to our local food banks and other Lions community projects. It's, it's a win-win. People come and donate and they're just half of that money is staying in our community. That is awesome. This is a win-win-win story for sure. Tanya, thanks for the time. Good luck next week. Uh, It's only going to get wild and wackier, I guess. I believe it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Tanya Ribbink, a member of the Hagersville Lions Club, co-owner Rustic and Reclaimed, a nice shop in Hagersville. The next draw, as I mentioned, March the 16th, this next week, the jackpot $1.4 million. That is pretty doggone cool. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, this Sunday, we revert back to daylight saving time. We're going to lose an hour's sleep. We're going to flip our watches and clocks ahead one hour before we go to sleep tomorrow night. Most importantly, obviously that is important, but we have some tips for you on how you should be getting ready for this time change weekend. Lana McGinn is the founder, CEO, and sleep coach of Good Night Sleep Site and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Alana, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm hoping it's not too late to get ready for Sunday's time change. It's not. It's never too late. So, yeah, I mean, listen, this one hits us hard. We lose that hour. 
Uh, we're going in already pretty sleep deprived. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it takes us about a week to adjust, but we do adjust. So how sh- what, what should we be doing tonight and tomorrow night, especially to get ready? So the best thing that we can do, especially for our little ones or kiddos, is really, you know, as many nights as you can do it beforehand. So we still have two evenings where you can do it. Go to bed, uh, start putting them to bed 15 minutes earlier each night. Uh, and for ourselves as well. So this way we're gradually uh, getting our biological clocks used to the time change. But don't also underestimate the value of a great bedtime routine. Um, I, I work with Johnson's Baby um, and they have an amazing three-step bedtime routine. They are a trusted brand, uh, tested by experts. Uh, and they incorporate a bath for your little one using their bedtime bath and bedtime bubble bath. A massage, who doesn't love a massage? Our little ones with their natural calm aromas. Um, and then quiet time, which we all need to incorporate into our bedtime routine. Whatever quiet time activities work best for our kids and for ourselves, just going to ha- ha- help set us up for a great night of sleep when we do go through things like time changes. That sounds like a very relaxing uh, bedtime routine that I don't know many adults uh, subscribe to. We're, we're bad at this thing. We are. You know, we, we put these amazing bedtime routines together for our kids, which we should, but then we don't do it for ourselves. And it's really hard to go from 100 to zero. So we need to incorporate whatever activities that might be, activities that you actually enjoy doing at bedtime, um, that's going to help prepare you to sleep well. Alana McGinn is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Alana is the founder, CEO, and sleep coach at Good Night Sleep Sites. You can check them out online. Uh, just Google uh, Good Night Sleep Sites. Uh, come Monday, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, dragging their butts at work or whatever the case is. Uh, obviously, it's March break, so the kids won't be in school. They'll get to, I guess, sleep in and, and do nothing throughout the day. But how long should the usual impact of losing an hour's sleep Uh, and everything else that the time change brings, how long should that impact usually last? It typically lasts about an hour, about a, I was going to say an hour, about a week um, for our bodies to adjust. But, you know, we talked a lot about bedtime routine, but I think what's something that we often don't really think about is the importance actually of a morning routine. And yes, our kids are going to be home for March break next week, but what we can do is really focus on immersing ourselves in that natural light. The great thing about this time change is we're getting more daylight sun, Right. So immersing yourself in that natural light helps to set up your natural clock, resync it to those natural 24-hour time frame um, to help you adjust a little bit better. So get outside, get some fresh air, get your body moving. When it comes to March break next week, you know, the time change comes at a good time, at least for the little ones. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be on their electronics. Adults usually are on their phones or tablets or whatever the case is. What's a good general rule to cut off those devices before bed? Are we talking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour? I like to give it a 60-minute tech curfew. So at least 60 minutes really power down and get away from those bright screens. I think if you're someone who's really struggling with sleep, um, that's the best thing you can do is remove because it is the biggest sleep buster. Remove it completely from your bedroom. If you're someone where you just you know you need to make some changes to better your sleep health, set boundaries for yourself and for your kids what you're allowing in right before you go to bed. News is triggering. Some social media accounts is trigger triggering. Sometimes, you know, just what you're absorbing, set boundaries around that. All good tips from Alana McGinn, founder, CEO, and sleep coach at Good Night Sleep Sites. More online at goodnightsleepsite.com. Alana, always appreciate your time. Thanks for the time, and enjoy the time change, if anyone does, uh, this weekend. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Alana for joining us. should also mention that this is a good time, time change weekend, to 
Change the batteries in your smoke and carbon monoxide detectors because, uh, as we know, over the last number of years, the number of residential fires that did not have working smoke alarms in Hamilton has jumped by 53%. Uh, That happened in 2021, 51% spike in 2022. So do me a favor this weekend, change the batteries in your smoke alarms and your carbon monoxide detectors. You'll be doing yourself and your family a big favor. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. It is no secret that McMaster University is the home of so many amazing sports teams, athletes, coaches, builders from the likes of Russ Jackson, to Jack Pellick, to David Braley, Paula Schnur, Therese Quigley, Joanne Millar, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, And they're legends, and uh, that list is nearly endless. Um, Well, there's a basketball player that has really jumped into the conversation of one of the all-time Mac athletes. Uh, Her name is Sarah Gates, and she joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Sarah, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on uh, the show today. You are the U Sports Women's Basketball Player of the Year. Number one, congratulations. That is phenomenal. Secondly, when you heard your name being called as the top basketballer in the nation, what was going through your mind? Uh, Well, first, my hands were sweating. My heart was pounding. (laughs) Like, it's such a, like, uh, crazy environment to be in like you're surrounded by so much talent so to be even recognized and then on top of that honored at the awards is is something that I will cherish and it was really really amazing just spending the night surrounded by so many talented women I'm gonna guess that it's it's much easier for you to be at the free throw line with the game on the line and having to make a big bucket as opposed to being in a a a gala setting wondering whether or not you're gonna win an award or not yeah, I'm definitely more in my place on the court than anywhere else. <laughs> Aside from U Sports Player of the Year, you were also the OUA MVP. You were the country's top scoring player. You became the all-time scoring champion at McMaster. Have you allowed yourself just to sit back and reflect on all the things that you have achieved this year? To be honest, it hasn't even fully hit me yet. Um, even like after our last season game, um, a couple weeks ago against Carlton, like the only thing that's hit me is that that was like the last time I'm going to be wearing a McMaster jersey. All the other like personal achievements just come honestly second to the fact that I won't be representing McMaster anymore and the fact that I won't be playing on this team because that's kind of what I hold close to is those memories and those friendships and bonds. Must have had some mixed emotions, obviously some amazing times playing basketball at Mac, but you know, bittersweet, knowing that you're never going to be able to do it again. Yeah. I mean, I've done my undergrad took me six years and it was the quickest six years of my whole life. (laughs) Uh, I would do it all again, even the morning practices. So I feel like that um, for any other female athletes listening to this, like just cherish every moment, even the ones where you're, where you're itching for just a break, it's all so worth it. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Sarah Gates, McMaster basketball superstar, U-Sports Women's Basketball Player of the Year. As I mentioned, OUA MVP, top-scoring player in the league, uh, and the list goes on and on with with your achievements. Off the court, um, you know, you, you have, as you mentioned, the student part of this thing, too. How do you think you've done juggling the athletics part with the academics part? It's definitely um, something that you have to get the hang of. Uh, in first year, it was it was 
kind of a slap in the face for the lack of better words. Uh, but you but you get the hang of it and you have so many role models and good a good support system embedded within the McMaster community that always has your back and will help you with whatever you need, whether that's academic support. And then the other side of it is we're such like a community based organization. So you get to learn from role models how to start helping people in the younger generation and getting into clubs and getting into volunteering and stuff. So all of that collectively just like enhances the experience. And yeah, you're busy sometimes, but it's again, like I said, it's also worth it. What was the biggest adjustment? Because in high school or if you're playing rep ball, you know, you're you're being ferried around, you know, the coach is driving you to practice or the or, or, or games at a university setting, obviously much different. What was the biggest thing you had to adjust to? It's there's so many things like and it's hard to explain, but one going from being like every incoming athlete to a university team is probably the best where they were. And you come in, you're you're 18 playing against 23, 24 year olds. You're definitely not the best. You have a lot to learn. Um, so that's an adjustment in itself. And then also there's just like a new accountability piece because um, like you said, like there's more people kind of like making sure you're on track and making sure you're staying like um, accountable in any sort of the way, whether that's getting extra work it's outs and getting shots up, staying on top of your schoolwork. But now when you get to university, it's it's you. And I guess, it's, I guess that's adulthood, right? But I mean, no one's really ready for adulthood when they're in university. So um, yeah, it's just that accountability piece for sure. A couple more minutes with Sarah Gates, McMaster basketball star, the U Sports Women's Basketball Player of the Year, joining us here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. When it comes to your future in basketball, what does the future hold? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I am figuring that out. <laughs> I don't have anything set in stone right now, um, but I'm definitely going to pursue um, playing professionally overseas. Um, from what I've heard, people either love it or hate it. So hopefully I love it. And if not, like it's just an opportunity that I, I can't say no to. And um yeah, I'll know a bit more in the next few weeks, I think, on that. Fair enough. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of options available, whether it's Europe or places like Australia. There's some some great sports leagues out there for, you know, post-university and college stars to, uh, you know, continue to earn some money and, and have some fun playing that the sport they love. Last question for you. You are a human behavior student. What's your plan? Yeah, I definitely think I want to stay involved in sports as much as I can. So I would love to explore um, future career paths within sports psychology or um, mental health counseling. I think that if you were to ask me right now my ideal job, uh, I would love to become a sports psychologist at McMaster for whoever's listening to this. <laughs> um, wink, wink, but, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, but um, we'll see. Like Everything changes so quickly, and I would always continue coaching and just um, trying to be a role model for that next generation of female athletes. That is tremendous. Sarah, you are tremendous. You had a tremendous campaign, and uh, who knows, one day we might see you back in that kind of position at McMaster. Best of luck going forward. Thanks for the time today. Thank you so much. What a phenomenal year for Sarah Gates, guard at McMaster Basketball, and, uh, well, has hung up her career, ended her career in style, winning the OUA MVP award and the U Sports Women's Basketball Player of the Year. Phenomenal job. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Cut off by Jack Guy, down for Shirk. Shirk coming in, hit the, oh, he scores! Lawson Shirk off the turnover. Hamilton's got the lead back 4-3. Thanks to OHS.
NHL tonight for the Ottawa Bulldogs beating the Ice Dogs last night for three. And Hamilton will host Niagara again tonight at 7 o'clock and then entertain Ottawa this Sunday at 2 in their final two regular season home games before the Dogs eventually move to Brantford for at least the next three years starting this fall. And, and to that end, it's Fan Appreciation Weekend at First Ontario Centre. This Sunday is the annual Bulldogs Foundation game where a 1,000 kids will receive a lunch bag. Uh, the team's stealth jersey online auction is running from today to Monday. Big sale at the Bulldogs store and the Bulldogs Foundation booth. Lots going on at the downtown dog pound. Matt Turek is the GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Matt, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rick. Great to be on your show. Crazy busy weekend, but I guess most important of all, you got two games to play as well. You have Niagara tonight. You're hosting the league-leading 67s on Sunday. And I'll say this. It seems like your team has upped its game ever since the OHL trade deadline. Have, have you thought about that? Well, you know, I, I think about it a lot. Uh, I get asked about it a lot, and uh, it, it's it's something that you just kind of never know after the deadline when you make that many moves, um, you know, to get younger. Uh, but I think that you know what, uh, after you know, learning from uh, from Steve Stales here, mul- you know, multiple years working with Steve, you know, just the, the type of players that we've always brought in, good character players, um, great culture in the room. I think it, there's a bit of carryover from those championship teams. And, uh, you know, our coaches have done a great job with, uh, you know, instilling confidence in these young players and, and just keeping that, uh, you know, that bulldog style alive where, um, you know, the, the kids are on the ice, they're playing with confidence, and I, I, I think it shows. You have won 17 games in a row against Niagara, including last night's 4-3 victory. How does something like that happen? Well, you know what? They're our closest rival, I think, just uh, just down the QEW. I think our guys might, you know, uh, you know there, there, there's some, you know, their last name's the Dogs, and, uh, you know, 30 minutes away. Um, it, it's a game that we've always kind of got up for um, over the years. I, th- this stat is, is impressive, though, I have to admit. Uh, last night was a real tough one. Uh, tight game. Could have gone either way, but, um, you know, luckily we, uh, we pulled it out uh, uh, with a 4-3 win, but 17 games, I don't think it's something you plan on. It's something you go game to game in, and, and we hope to continue that tonight at home. Absolutely. First round matchup, it looks like you're going to be taking on Peterborough. How do you stack up against the Peets? You know what? It, they're they're a really, really good hockey team. Um, I, you know, they, I don't think we've seen the real Peterborough Peets yet. Um, you know, sometimes it takes time when, when you do make uh, additions, and uh, they have two of our former Bulldogs there, Avery Hayes and Gavin White. So not a team to, uh, to take lightly, though. I think they're a great hockey club. But uh, we've got seven games left, I, I, and it's so tight in our conference. I, I don't know, you know who will end up playing in the, in the playoffs, but uh, um, I, I think anybody we play, and we've, you know, we've seen it in the past, you know, if you, if you want to win or, or make a run, um, you know, there, there's good teams you have to play. So right now there's – uh, not a ton of concern about who we're playing. Um, it's just kind of, you know, playing our style. And it, it's, uh, you know, from the top teams from Ottawa and North Bay, we, we've had success against them, so, um, or, or Peterborough. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is just playing our game and, and getting healthy because we're a little banged up right now. 
Well, the game portion of it has gone very well. This team has really upped the ante since uh, the, the, the deadline over the last number of weeks. A lot more wins and losses, that's for sure, and primed for, who knows, a uh, a playoff run that could put uh, a bunch more people in the seats at First Ontario Centre, at least for the next several weeks. That would be fun to see. Matt, appreciate your time. Good luck tonight, this weekend, and uh, in the playoffs as well. Thanks so much, Rick. That's Matt Turek, the general manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Hey, you can get your tickets at HamiltonBulldogs.com. Go on to Ticketmaster. Two more regular season home games, including the Bulldogs Foundation game on Sunday, 2 p.m. start against Ottawa. Tonight, it's a 7 p.m. puck drop against Niagara, where the team goes for win number 18 in a row, incredibly, against the Ice Dogs. 1,000 kids going to get a lunch bag on Sunday as well. And the Stealth Jersey online auction starting today runs until Monday. And that should be pretty cool. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.